0: Everybody, Welcome back to Dustin's Vinyl. I hope you guys are having an amazing time in your quarantine or almost out of quarantine, whatever it is you're doing in your life. And hopefully music is a part of that. Um, I've had a lot of fun this week. Uh, I got to go to a couple of record stores and uh, just kind of sift through the records, while um, hand sanitizing as I sift, which is always <laughs> and a different experience. Uh, this is the show, most of you know, where we pull vinyl, we talk about it. Uh, this is The Upgrade Show. I have a co-host and some featured records and all kinds of fun stuff. So when to get started, I'm going to do my random pull, the old, what is he grabbing? Kind of look, but not look, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we got here, oh, look at this. Oh, this is B.B. Uh, King in London. This is a uh, second time I've talked about B.B. King and I can never talk about B.B. King enough. This is an amazing album. This is actually not a live album. This is a studio album uh, in London that B.B. King recorded, I believe it was 71. It is a great album. Um, It has a lot of uh, U.S. um, uh, uh, session musicians and uh, a lot of British uh, session musicians. And If you don't know what a session musician is, pretty much every album that you've ever listened to, there's probably a couple guys you've never heard of that are in the studio making it sound better. And uh, there's something great about this album that it was in London. Ringo Starr is actually on it uh, from the Beatles, of course. And it's got a lot of just really cool people on here. Uh, it's got Paul Butler and uh, Gary Wright, uh, Very cool guys. Got a lot of British uh, guitarists that you never heard of that you, you should check this out um it's, it's it's kind of one of those things what's great about session uh, musicians is you know it's a lot of improv it's a lot of just kind of seeing what happens in the studio i mean there's a lot of great songs that, that you know we have now that you wouldn't even realize that somebody you know just came in uh, I believe, uh jack and diane is a great example of uh, a song that a session musician whose um, name is uh, Kenny Aronoff, I think. And he's just, a, you know, it was just a, it, during the, you know, the, they were just like they wanted a drum solo and he just kind of went off and did his thing. And that is the greatest part of that song. And so that's what happens with a lot of, you know, these great musicians and, you know, guys like Glenn Campbell started out um, as a guy that was just kind of, you know, recording guitar and stuff and for other people's records. So BB uh, King is great. It's, he's the king of blues. Check out this album. Uh, you won't be sorry. It's got a lot of really cool stuff on it. I mean, I can listen to B.B. King, you know, every day if I could. I just love the sound of his guitar and uh, just, just got good stuff. Blues is good for the soul, you know what I mean? All right. <laughs> good old woman. Oh, I've dated a few of those. All right, everybody, I'm going to bring in your co-host, <laughs> um, Very the featured co-host of Dustin's vinyl a uh, good friend of mine uh, who had a lot of fun last week please give it up for mr jeffrey paul in the studio hey
1: hey hey, hey. Up, yeah, you know what i, I love um uh, session musicians there's a great documentary called the wrecking crew oh, and cool. it- yeah, there's there are these musicians that played in Los Angeles and they played like in the sixties on sixties and seventies on everybody's album. And oh, wow. they're really featured a lot on, on like uh, a lot of like the Beach Boy albums. They all they all play on Pet Sounds, which is one of the most revolutionary albums sure. ever made. You know, without Pet Sounds, you don't yeah. have a lot of the creative Beatles stuff. So yeah. uh right. yeah, so Hired if you're Gun into- is
0: all also another one. It's on Netflix now. It's really good. What is it? Hired Gun. Hired it's, Gun, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And Kenny Arnoff, you're right, is a monster drummer. He yeah, really he's is out great. of nowhere.
0: He's on that song, and it's just it, without that. I mean, without that solo. I mean, that's. I mean, we. That's the, the beat of my childhood. <laughs> so
1: yeah, he, well, in Jack and Diane, it's, it's it's that little drum riff that breaks up the song. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, but, really uh, good stuff. But we're going to talk about an album today. Are we? (laughs) Yes, we are. And we, listen, if we went last week and we talked about a debut album, then this week I'd like to talk about a follow up album, a sophomore Mm -hmm. album, if you will. Okay. Okay. And that album is Pinkerton by Mm -hmm. Weezer. And it's a very, it has a very interesting story. Um, I think, as a comic and the kind of comic that I know that you are, I think it's something that you could, you would be able to feel um because this album is an extremely gut-wrenching personal album of the singer-songwriter Rivers Cuomo who's who uh, writes all the songs for uh, Weezer but you can't talk about the first you know the second album Pinkerton without first going back to a little history with the first album you know so Weezer comes out with their first album in uh, 1994 and it's just known as the Blue Album. You want to know why it's called the Blue Album? Tell us. Because the cover is blue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: they told you about these creative. questions. I know these trick questions you
1: like to throw at me. <laughs> yes. Listen, they didn't have a lot of creativity. Talk about that. <laughs> So, the first album is called The Blue Album because it's a blue album. Um, but it, it spawned some huge, huge hits in the 90s. The Sweater Song, uh, Say It Ain't So, which was tremendous on college Buddy radio Holly. and alternative Buddy radio. Holly. And then, yeah, right, the monster hit, Buddy Holly, which was, you know, with a uh, tremendous all time video directed by Spike Jones. You know, they're in a Happy Days episode. Commercial, tremendous. It, the album itself goes double platinum. So now they, are, they go from obscurity to major rock stars. And this is what Pinkerton is about. It's mm-hmm. about Rivers Cuomo writing about his life for a two-year period between 1994 and 1996 after he became uh, famous. And he, you know, the, the quote that he said was he wanted to experiment with his, black, uh, his dark side. You know, it's a very black, dark album. It's 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 personal, like I said. And when I, you know, I went back and I spent the week just like listening to this. I'm really, you know, I, I really haven't heard it in a long time, but spent like this whole week uh, dissecting it. And when you do, there are three major themes of the album. There's his disillusionment of being a rock star, the rock star life. You know, it's the... Tw- Pouring, the faceless fans uh the mo the motel rooms hotel rooms the boredom of the whole thing after you've done it um his self-imposed um celibacy he he, he didn't have sex for two years on two shows on his own i went down and that then- road i don't recommend it <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks about in the album uh a leg surgery that he had. He was born with one leg being shorter than the other, mm, and during right. this time, he gets this very, very painful surgery. And so, you know, he goes through that. So now he's going to incorporate all those things that are going on in his life in that two years into this album. Um, Pinkerton itself was supposed to be a rock opera called "Songs from the Black Hole," and it's kind of like you know, think about the emergence of something like a rock songs from the sure. uh, the black hole. He kind of saw it as a modern day Madam Butterfly, um, which is funny, you know, modern day uh Madam Butterfly with a little splash of the pixies in there, which later which we, we use are later splash. on. Did
0: you say splash? A little more than a splash, splash.
1: but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
0: okay. Yes, yeah, I, I, I,
1: I hear that. Um, but Pinkerton itself, the 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 name Pinkerton came from there's two theories on it. It's either it was a character in Madam Butterfly for sure. Yes. And, and then get, the yeah. other rumor was that during this time, there was a lawsuit because of, of this. And the, uh, the, the, the agency that I guess gave out the, you know, the subpoena was called Pinkerton. Mm. So that's maybe where he uh, kind of gets uh, the name. But anyway, that's he it. stopped writing the rock opera because in his words, not mine, he said, it's so lame. Yeah. You know, he, he just felt it wasn't coming together and scratch it and they wound up making the, their sophomore album. So when the album comes out, it is not successful. Um, it is actually a commercial flop. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the first single. And that's how we'll break this album down a little bit. Sure. So the first single off of Pinkerton was El Scorcho. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the exact opposite of buddy holly it is not poppy it is not catchy it starts off with a weird drum uh start and a very like sketchy weird weird guitar riff uh it's a weird choice for um for uh, um, a um da- a single okay um but here this in this song is the theme of disillusionment and I just jotted down a couple of songs, you know, lyrics, just to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about. Like the, one of you the know, lyrics in the song is, how stupid is this? I can't talk about it. I got to sing about it. I got to make a record about it. Okay. This is the wrong choice for a single. The second single is one of the better songs on the album. It's called The Good Life. It's a, it's a great video. It's fun. Um, this should have been the first single it's a more it's much more catchy um and but the theme here is uh his leg surgery because he's because hmm. uh listen to like the lyrics he writes he's wrote uh broken beaten down can't even get up uh can't even get around without an old man cane um I fall and hit the ground um the video is a is a cool video it's a a you know' files around this pizza delivery girl who's played by comic uh emerging comic uh Mary Lynn is it Raj, 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 I don't know. She's been on a bunch of shit. Uh, <laughs> but it's a great, great, catchy song. And then the third... There were only three singles from this album, by the way. And the third one was Pink Triangle. And Pink Triangle is one. really goes more into his celibacy uh, theme uh, where he's looking for love. Now, uh, he does this in a lot of different songs on the album. Yeah. Um, he's doing this in tired of sex why bother you know uh really talks about how much like he's not looking for sex anymore i'm the rock star i've done it all now he's looking for love and he's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna have sex with anyone until he finds love and it's a lot of fair and it's love. a
0: lesbian right I think exactly he calls, he calls for a lesbian so. you, See,
1: you pick that up by pink triangle you're good you're good man like you know no don't Anyone tell you anything different, yeah. Dustin you Your shop is a model. You're good. Okay. Yes. So, yes, this is, uh, he's talking about failed love. Um, he's, he, he, the girl that he's talking about is, you know, he enrolled in Harvard uh, at that time and he grows a beard and he, 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 you know, he looks completely different. So, no one really recognizes him. And Weez is a big band at the time. Okay. So, you know, and he falls in love, like you said, with, with a girl um, who's a lesbian and he's fantasizing about a life with her. And he writes about it in the song and the lyric I, I mean, it's so revealing. It's so revealing. He goes, um, I thought I found the one we were as good as married in my mind, but married it in my mind is no good. Um, also, at the beginning of that song, he kind of refers back to the leg surgery, which has been holding him back. Yeah. And he's. Books when I'm stable long enough. And stable could be viewed as a double entendre there. It could be stable physically because of the leg surgery or stable mentally. Okay. Um, But he starts now looking for love. Um, Songs I thought were.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, I forgot I was here. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, first of all, um, before we break down more songs, um, I didn't really like Weezer as a band. Um, they were always kind of, um, like I told you last week, You know, I'd spent some time out of the country and a little bit of my early 90s rock was a little skewed because I when I got back to the States, you know, I was kind of refining myself musically and trying to, you know, kind of get into stuff that I kind of liked in the past. And so I didn't I missed a lot of new music. And uh, when I started comedy, Weezer was always kind of a punchline because it was kind of like there was this it was this nerd rock. And, uh, you know, as you could see, you know. Uh, Motorhead here or stuff, whatever. I like a lot of bands that I can't beat up. And uh, so I feel like Weezer was kind of one of those bands that kind of, you know, I don't know. It just kind of represented a group of people that I didn't like. And so sometimes you associate a band with their fans. And so I felt like they were kind of vegetarian, nerdy types or whatever. And so, you know, I kind of, I I didn't, I missed a lot of them. And it's one of those bands that I didn't listen to. Um, really, I just, I had heard a few songs that were popular, uh, Buddy Holly and stuff and, you know, things that were just kind of on the radio or whatnot. And, uh, but then I, you know, doing the homework, I actually bought the album, uh, Pinkerton. And, um, one thing that this album has got going for it, it doesn't sound like Weezer. Um, that's what I loved about it. It it was a total opposite of blue. I mean, there was just, like you said, the the darkness of this album is really what kind of drawn me to it. And it does have a pixie sound, a really strong Frank Black kind of edge to it. But I just, uh, you know, I enjoyed uh, top to bottom. I feel it's it's a really good album. And I also love it when fans don't like something. It always is intriguing to me. You know, and why is that? You know, it's like, why does the band, you know, like, like people, I mean, people got weird about Metallica because they had an orchestra behind them or, you know, or Garth Brooks tried that ridiculous thing where he had like his whole thing. And a lot of debut albums didn't make it. Pet Sounds was not, uh, you know, like a huge success right away. Uh, The Stooges album that came out wasn't, wasn't a big hit. Uh, Fleetwood Max Tusk, you know, Ramones, their debut. Like, there's a lot of things that, you know, a lot of times people aren't ready for it. And uh, the only problem I have with this album is this guy seems dark. He seems real. He seems like an artist. He seems like this gritty rock star. But he backed up on this album and said he apologized for it and said it was the worst thing ever. And I, I shouldn't have released it. And then it was like and then it becomes this cult success and everybody digs it and becomes a whole new wave of fans that normally wouldn't be drawn to Weezer. They love it. And then he comes back and is like, Oh yeah, it's it's a pretty good album. (laughs) That's the only part that I have a problem with is that he came back and was like, you know, he was like dismissed artistically. And then, kind of, once people got into it, then he liked it. And I was like, you know, you got to stand, you got to stand tough and stand tall for your art. And I think that's the only problem I have with this guy. It's a little sketchy that he kind of, you know, apologized for his art. Cause I think this is a great album. And uh, but, the fact that it's dark and real, that
1: makes me like it more. I, I agree with everything yeah. he said. Everything you said. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's interesting that you, um you, you talked about the blue album, and then you, and the album after Pinkerton was the green album. Any idea why they called it the green album? So
0: people thought it was like the blue album.
1: No, because it was a green cover. Okay, yeah. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but I think, goes, but, but but the marketing branding, I'm sure, was like, hey, this is going to be more
1: like that other one. One hundred percent. That's exactly. Yeah. It. Yeah. So this is the album that's in the middle, and it is completely, completely different. Now, I I'm so glad that you like this album because. It, it, to me, when I if I had to pair a comedian up with uh, an album now, you, you know me. I mean, I my favorite band, two favorite bands of all time are Iron Maiden and Sabbath. OK, and that was like the people I hung around with and everything. But as comedians as well. And this is something you always taught me and we talked about is being vulnerable And this album is so vulnerable. Yeah,
0: it's politically incorrect. Like the way he talks about women. Like he's, you know. Yes, and in fact, not only did he apologize
1: after, he apologized (laughs) before the album came out. You know, he wrote a letter to the people uh, in the uh, Weezer fan club yeah apologizing like you may not like this album this album may be a little misogynist it may sound you know you know it's coming from a dark place um so he did he did uh, apologize before anyone even heard the songs and a song that really stood out to me uh, there's a couple of them but the one that really is my favorite song on the album by the way is across the sea and across the sea he talks about his desires for this 18 year old Japanese girl. And oh, yeah. it, it's a real encounter where she was, you know, uh, a and she was asking like typical questions that you would ask a rock star. She's there. And, and he puts it in the lyrics of the song. He says, uh, you want to know all about me, my hobbies, my favorite music. These are the lyrics, okay, yeah. uh, my birthday. And then he's fantasizing about her. He's well, fancy- one thing it's
0: great too, is she doesn't know who Green Day is and he thinks that's so attractive.
1: Yeah. Right, which is interesting <laughs> that they mentioned Green Day as well yeah. in in, that, in the, the song. But yeah, then he's asking her things about, like, I wonder what clothes you wear to school. I wonder how you decorate your room, how you touch yourself. And he's he a knows, creep. I love it. He's a creep. He's a <laughs> creepy guy. But he also <laughs> knows that no matter what, they can't be together. Again, failed love. Yeah. Um, because he there's a lot of factors. Her age, his rock star status, uh, his location, and he says it in the song. I curse myself for being across the sea. And even the opening of it, uh, goddamn, this business is really lame, you know, that he can't, get, you know, make this, get this love connection. And then it's followed up by. Songs like why bother and like you know one of my favorite uh, lyrics in that is you know uh, he tells you right out why should why should i even like try to have a relationship why bother it's gonna hurt me it's gonna kill when you desert me again failing yeah. in love and then tie it as sex has to do with his uh, celibacy looking for true love so this is why i love this album so much is because of the personalness of it um you're right people hated it when it first came out voted third worst album. Of wow. 1996. And then they don't do anything. Weezer doesn't put out the green album until 2000. Ice was
0: in 96. So that's really, I mean, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But what happens is
1: now the world, you know, people start to discover this album and then just like five years later, it's voted 16th best album of all time by Rolling Stone.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those albums that uh, you know if you like. Rock and raw in music, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna be drawn to it, and I just love the idea of, you know, just taking chances. You know, whenever, whenever a band does that, I mean, the, the Beatles were the king of that. I mean, they did all kinds of weird stuff, and they were always kind of experimenting with different sounds, and you know, Eastern music, and you know, the White Album, and all kinds of stuff, and you know, I, I love bands that that are willing to take that risk. You know, it's funny, it's, um. a lot of times people lump you into categories and i think that's what happened with this band is they you know they came out of the gate as this kind of cute pop college band and you know girls loved them and the lyrics were light and everything was you know kind of just like in that kind of urban outfitters yeah referencing and that's you know it's funny with me personally it's like um you know, a lot of times, you know, I will get booked as some sort of country comic. And like a lot of times I'll get booked as like, you know, like they'll have like a, a country band and then they'll have, you know, they want like a, a, a you know, a cowboy comedian or something. But but the, but then, but then when they hear my comedy... It's, uh, it's definitely more liberal and more raw than they, you know, they want me to get her done, but it's a whole nother thing. You know, it's like, <laughs> they expect me to just be this like country guy. And then it's like, you know, they, they don't get what they think they're going to get. So I love the idea of that. I love, I love just, I would love to see that one, that concert on this first tour we all these little Beebopper kids. We're hanging out, waiting for this new Weezer, you know, show. And then it's like these raw, just freaking talking about chicks and, you know, vagina references and like, you know, I don't like this business and just, like, you know, all this stuff. And I think I vagina just love references. the idea of them just going, "What the what? What's happening?"
1: <laughs> we want Buddy Holly. We want the Fonzie stuff. What is that? So yeah, I yeah, guess, he's yeah. not singing about Mary Tyler Moore in this one. Yeah, no, no. This one is talking about <laughs> lesbians that he can't get. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And just, you know, I, I just uh, yeah, I like it. And I was talking about the Pixies. I feel it's a heavy influence. Um, I feel Doolittle has a lot to do with this album. I feel like there's a lot of rawness and I don't mean any sort of copy way, just kind of an inspirational way. Well, I could do that with records all day long. But, um, but yeah, I feel like there's a str- – and that's why I like it, because I love the Pixies. That's one of – you know, I saw them live and whatever. And so I love the rawness of kind of, you know, the, the way they play. And I feel there's, there's definitely just, you know, just some great experimental stuff with this. But, uh, yeah, I like uh, – El Scorcho was great. I think that's a great song. I enjoyed that one. Um, you know, uh, I did like Pink Triangle a lot. Um, and then Butterfly was a little softer song, and I, I enjoyed that as well. I love it. It's yeah, a great, great very, way to end the album. nice acoustic piece. Very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very, very pretty. Um, yeah, but you no, know, I also think that again, I the the connection I also make with comedy is like sometimes if like, you write something, you'll perform it. And, yeah. it, and it doesn't get anywhere. It doesn't, you know, no one, you know, you don't, maybe you, I don't throw it away. You don't throw it away. You hold on to it because maybe you're not ready to do that bit yet. And then a couple of years later, you bring it back. And you're like, oh, now I know what I was thinking. And maybe you find the connection. You, know, you, you find a way to do it. I think that's what audiences did with this album. Like they weren't ready for, for Pinkerton when it came out. And then when it does I mean, come out. Yeah
0: they never really are you know what i mean was anybody really ready for elvis was anybody really ready for you know chuck berry were they really ready you know it's like it's just like and that's that's the beauty of music you know i mean there's there's guys and that are kind of you know into this kind of stuff and can you know latch on when they hear something great but you know, I don't think, uh, I always put the audiences below the artist because a lot of times they don't know anything, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't, right. you know, you see people, they think they know music or they think that, you know, it's like, like whenever somebody says they don't like a genre of music, I always question that person because I like every single genre of music. I, there's You're never going to hear me go, I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, because I feel in order to like certain kinds of music, you have to like other music. And so, uh, you know, so it like you can't like say I don't like jazz and then love rock and roll like you, it all compass- encompasses itself. You know, it's like right. this music like with opera and things like that. And that's what's cool about him is he's obviously just kind of have this huge knowledge of music and he's like incorporating everything into it. And then the fact that his reference is Madam Butterfly is and things like that is really amazing that he was kind of wanting to do kind of an operatic thing. Because he has a, you know, a strong knowledge of music. He's not just some kind of, you know, guy that's just like likes, you know, Green Day, obviously. And then like, I'm just gonna
1: sound like this band. Like, you know. It's it's very complex. It is. And it's crazy that he wanted to do that for his second album like the second album because a lot of times you know between the, the pressure from the record company is like you know ah, oh, the, the blue album was great we want the blue album part two just like a continuation and yeah. he was like man it is not going to be a continu- continuation there's so much more to me um and then again i lo- I-, I love the vulnerability because i don't sometimes think I'm vulnerable enough. So I, I kind of respect that in other artists and that he's vulnerable. And at one point he even starts to doubt himself when Pinkerton tanks, he, he, uh, he goes on record. He was in, uh, in an interview that I heard and he, he doubted himself as a songwriter. He was like the blue album is a fluke. It's all about the video. Spike Jones should get all the credit, not me. Mm. And then it a great the video. takes years later for him to kind of realize, Hey, you know, He's got the chops. He's a great songwriter. The audi- like and like you said, the audience wasn't ready. They they didn't catch up until yeah. five years later.
0: Yeah, they, they never they're never ready. But um I think that's um did Adam want to come in? He's, didn't he like he enjoyed Pinkerton as well, right? Yeah, they, a- Adam, yeah. we were
1: talking before. He he
0: has a hey, bring Adam in. Bring yourself in, Adam. Tell us a little bit about Pinkerton. Here we go. Okay.
2: So I got this uh Pinkerton shirt right here. This was from the uh <laughs> Nice. The Memories Tour, which was uh, back in 2010, so I saw them over at. uh, Oh, so you did see them
0: live, and you saw this this album. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah. So this was. I think this was. um, They were they were basically touring only two albums at the time, if I remember. I think it was just the Blue Album and uh, Pinkerton. So I went the uh, the second night, and. um, What year was it? uh,
1: 2010. In 2010. 2010. So the Rose the Green Album was already out at that time.
2: Yeah, yeah. the The Green Album, I think, was what was it two thousand one, two
1: thousand two,
2: two thousand two. But um, yeah, so they just they they performed. Uh, it was two sets. The first set was just all greatest hits, and then they went right into Pinkerton.
0: Wow, nice. That is really cool. And so this, I'm sure, this audience was enjoying everything. Like it wasn't some right like, just right. blue audience. Yeah, okay.
2: But I was, I mean, I was the the same way back in, um, when this came out, I was a big Blue Album fan and I didn't, I didn't get Pinkerton at first. I was also, I think I was, I was probably in my, I think it was my freshman year of college when it came out Okay. and I, you know, I was into more top 40 stuff. So Pinkerton really didn't, you know, it took, it took a few years before I really got into it.
0: Yeah, I think an album like this, you kind of got to go through some shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There's certain music where you go through some shit, you appreciate it more, you know, struggle and heartache and, you know, girls and all that crazy stuff. And it's like, uh, yeah, just it affects you differently. once you've lived a life, like this is an album, you you know, you need to live a little before you can appreciate it. Yep.
1: And it also draws you into a world that a lot of people aren't privy to. Like he, he went from being a nobody To becoming this rock star that girls wanted and like he lived it and then just got bored of it really quick because he has a lot more depth
0: yeah i i I think i respect that i mean i don't know i i I mean i don't really feel sorry for him i mean that's a pretty good that's a pretty good thing to be (laughs) Struggling, struggling
1: with come on doesn't you have to feel bad come on he had yeah. girls banging down his door come on he had money how can, how can you gotta yeah. feel bad from chicks throwing themselves at exactly. you exactly exactly how do you not feel bad for that yeah but you
0: know it, it is you know I have I've I have some famous friends and things and it is it is interesting where it's like you think you want that you know it's like I have a friend who's in a whole bunch of movies and stuff and you know and, and the fame part of it he would trade for anything. Like it's the money's nice and the work is nice, but it's like when you're, when you're young and you're just, you get it quick and you know, or even if it did take you a while, it's like, it's still something that, you know, it's, it's a lot to take in. And I think a lot of these guys, it's like, you know, they just, they just kind of would rather just be, you know, kind of at at the bar playing in the back and, you know, not having this life that because there's so many expectations when you get to a certain level of like, you know, top 40 and stuff. You you know, there's like five lawyers involved and there's like a couple of different labels and things. There's so much going on where it's like becomes more than just playing the music. So I think it just, it kind of fucks a lot of people up. And that's why a lot of them go to drugs a lot of them just check out and have like all these emotional problems and addiction problems because they're just, they're just not ready for it. They just want to play the music, but there's way more than just playing the music. There's a whole nother life. And you know, Jeff, you've been on the road with these guys, you know how it is. They're so demanding and they got like two assistants and this and that it's just, you know, it's just, I think when, when that just comes at you right away, you know, you're not ready.
1: That's a great point that you said that too, because, uh, Adam, being a Weezer fan, uh, this was the last album that he did with original bassist Matt Shop. He winds up uh, leaving after this because he left because of this uh, album right or just yeah or just, yeah, yeah. Wow. um there's a lot of things going i mean they, they didn't like like hey fuck you hey you yeah. know, it wasn't that it was what direction is the band going and what are we doing over here and he was pulled from different sides and it's like hey before it becomes like a major issue personally with us best thing for me is to leave it he started another band i forgot what it was called they had kind of like a minor uh uh success and i forgot what it was called but um yeah, I saw Weezer on their debut tour. Oh wow! Um, they were the support act for. Do you guys remember a band called Live? Oh yeah, yeah,
0: great band. I, yeah,
1: I alone remember that. Yeah, so they they were the opening act uh, for oh, them. Wow. And it, that, I love that. that. Great, yeah, that was a great. I love bill. seeing
0: opening acts, you know, and then they just kind of go on to success. That's so cool. Okay. Uh, I saw Living Color open up for Rolling Stones. That was really cool.
1: It worked that tour. Uh,
0: yeah. That was, was so that tour. Tour. It was great. And uh, it's just always cool. You get, uh, you know, just... just. I had, I had a friend of mine. She opened up for Bob Seger and stuff. And it's like, it just... Yeah, it's just cool when, you know, you, you kind of... Sometimes I like the opening band more than the popular band that I am paid to see. Like, yep. you'd be surprised. <laughs> because sometimes you're just like, oh, I hadn't heard that before. Meanwhile, who you're paying to see, you've heard every single song. So it's just kind of a nice, refreshing thing. I always love new music like that. So that's so cool.
1: I did that once. I went to go see... Um, Crosby, Stills and Nash and the and I didn't even stay for the whole thing because I love the opening band. It was a fabulous Thunderbirds.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: So I remember I remember Steve brother. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah
1: it, was, it, was, it was really good. And you're like you're disappointed because they're only doing like a half hour set. And then Cros- yeah. Crosby, Stills and Nash go up there and they're, they're droning on. And you're like, holy shit, it's it's an hour and they still got like more time to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you guys educate me on Weezer. So if you if you had to live or die by three Weezer songs, Jeff, you go first. What would you what would you what would you tell a guy like me that wants to get more into Weezer? Uh, give me man. three Weezer songs to kind of put in my playlist. I mean,
1: if if it's you, I'm saying check out HashPipe. It's a Hash great pipe. song with a really heavy riff. And that's off of that's, blue or green? No, that is a green album off of the, the green, green album. album i'm gonna go okay. with this i'm gonna go with that the part. polar opposite of that song on the green album which is island in the sun yep still okay. love that song and then man you know what they do the best covers them and like maybe hailstorm are two bands that do great great covers and they're ver- you know they do it's almost like it, it, you know like their version of after Trucker is great, and everybody wants to rule the world. They did that on Kimmel with oh, the, uh, with the song, guys man. from uh, uh, Tears for Fear. So that that's a really good one. And I almost everything off of Pinkerton. I mean, again, you know, Across the Sea is my favorite song off that sure. album.
2: What about you, Adam? Um, I'd go with. Um, let me see. I'm just looking at uh, looking at some of the stuff from Pinkerton right now. But um, I mean, the Good Life is a is a fantastic song off of there. I mean, but the whole whole album is amazing. Um, I go. I mean, "Island in the Sun" is one of my favorites off of uh, the Green album, and um, um, "Suzanne," which is, um, I think it was in, it was in one of Kevin Smith's films. Um, I I always thought that was a great song too. And with the with the covers, they did a cover of uh, "No Scrubs," the um, uh, TLC song. Oh,
0: that's okay. okay. What's a, yeah? I love that. I love covers. Um, yeah. <laughs> any yeah, any band doing a cover, I love. Um, just you know, all if you that
1: do, stuff. then check out their video of "Take on Me." Oh,
0: they have one. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely gonna you know kind of get more into the band. I think they're good. But this, I know a lot of it's not going to sound like this. So after, was there an album after the Green Album?
1: There was. That's the one with pork and beans on it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Did they lean back towards this vibe, or, <laughs> or they just kind of stayed they, on? No, on they got north? heavy they got heavier.
1: Yeah. Oh cool. Now, now, okay. re- now another reason why they had to go with a different a, a different way of playing this album is because of the leg surgery and everything mm-hmm. had to be uh played like on the lower frets of the guitar because he physically couldn't g- uh go up on the guitar. So everything I mean, had to be played lower. So that's how, why How yeah, short was his leg? It's it like- was considerably a couple of inches shorter. Wow. So I think they had to like break his hip and his, his uh, like, it was a very painful surgery <laughs> and he talks about in the, in the lyrics of the song how he scarred up you know uh, yeah he was, he was a mess I, and I
0: love the idea that like you know this kid's in junior high thinking he'll never get laid because he's got this you know gimp foot and then, <laughs> and then he becomes this amazing rock star and then it's like girls you know that, that's, that's a beautiful story right there because you know it was tough for him I'm sure when he was young And then just to kind of like bust out and be this huge rock star. I think that's great. You would have beat him up. So, <laughs> probably,
1: I probably would beat him up. And you would like, like, you're annoying. But you know what I mean? There's this, like there's this
0: thing. I had a hard time with the Pixies at first. Like there's certain bands where you're just like kind of nerdy. I'm not like R.E.M. even when I was younger. Like there's just bands I'm just like ah, you know, it just it, it doesn't appeal to me yet, and it takes a while. And then I, the more I listen to the music, the more I get into the band. But you know, it's like like we're kids. We like we like the Clash. So it's like when U2 came out, we felt like they weren't as hard. So we were like, ah, you know, it's like you just kind of, but you find your way into these bands the more you listen to the music. But uh, Weezer, I, Weezer was a punchline. I think I used it the other night. I was in Brooklyn. I was like, "You guys look like a Weezer crowd," and everybody still laughed in like you know two twenty. So it because was he's a, so
1: identifiable because of the glasses. And yeah, it.
0: well, it just feels yeah, it's very like Brooklyn esque to me. Very kind of Urban Outfitters like it just has this right. this you know <laughs> this feel to it. And I remember but I yeah. think uh, I think Gene Groffalo dated one of the guys or something. So it was like it was you know it was kind of this band that was always kind of circulating around. But I never just I never got into him. I just felt like I wouldn't be into them. And so I'm glad we had this episode because I was able to actually bought the album. That's, that's how cool I am. I was like, I'll even buy an album just, just to see, just to see if I like it, you know? And I'm glad I did. Cause it's really it's a good album. Very good.
1: Another thing. The, I love the cover art on, on it, but I don't know if it's grabbing anyone's attention.
0: No, it's, it's, what is it? Japanese something? What's it going? What's it looks like it's some Japanese print. So I'm like, yeah, you got the T-shirt? What is that? Yeah. Like a little little dude in a in a, in the snow, yeah, <laughs> rice like patties a, in the snow? What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it, it's not like an Iron Maiden album cover where you got you got Eddie and he and he's taking on like you know uh, you know an army or something. You know, and he with yeah. lasers. Look at this. Yeah, <laughs> just like this.
2: It's not like how most, would you man, not I mean, buy
0: this album.
1: Yeah, you know? like you know what like, you get. How,
0: how cool is that?
1: right Right. yeah you know know you're not getting butterfly on that album
0: (laughs) (laughs) but even the beatles had great you know this like you know art that captured kind of who they were and stuff and just iconic stuff yeah i mean and you know that's sometimes it's like and it fits with this album because i felt like that first album was very catchy you know the way it looked even with the blue cover and everybody's on with the bright colored shirts and the glasses and all that, you know, it, it kind of, it, it spoke to that kind of audience that would buy that album. And so I think that's, you know, but with this is like, yeah, it's like, it's weird. It, just like the album itself, it's kind of off and dark and so is the album. And so is the art, you know, in the back, you got some ghost, you know, China lady. Can you say that China lady? <laughs> <laughs> concubine, some ghost <laughs> concubine. <laughs> so yeah, it, it goes with the theme. It's on brand with this album. You know what I mean? So it does. Obviously, they didn't care. They weren't trying to do
1: a catchy album. Like they That's wanted. In, th- this is a a Weezer shirt. It is. Yeah, this is from the last time.
0: I question your, you being into Weezer, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't see that one coming. I respect it, but I respect (laughs) it. When you, when you, like Adam is like, you know, he's of that era, but in, and I, but that's what I like about you because you do kind of like get into bands, you know, younger bands and stuff. And I think that's, yeah, I think it's, you know, that's important. That's how you evolve musically is kind of, you know, get into this. And I try to do that sometimes. Yeah just get into a band that maybe is, you know, you're more of a Van Halen guy, but you're like, Hey, this is cool. And you give it a, what, what, how did you, Oh, you saw them live. So you saw them open for, um, I saw them open for, I, I, I love okay, live. So that's how you got into them. Okay. They're right. open for live.
1: Gotcha. And then, okay. you know, then after I saw them live, I went out and bought the album and I, okay. I, I just loved them. I follow them that's ever a since. Great, yeah,
0: that's a but great
1: but for, for me, it's like what you just said before is like, you know, I my favorite bands are metal bands. But I mean, as long as it's good, I'll listen to anything. I mean, I can listen to to the most pop songs Motown. I love I love country. You know, um, I mean, anything as long as it's good. I mean, I I've, I've sat in the third row. Um, for George Strait, I saw him on his last tour. I mean, I love George Strait. My wife is a huge George Strait fan. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll go. We'll listen. as long as it's good music, we'll we'll check out anybody. We're not going to sit there and say, no, it's not this type of music. We're not going. That's not what music's yeah, about. Well,
0: yeah, well, you know. But, uh, but yeah, but that's the thing about friends and people and artists and it takes, you know, somebody recommends like the fact that's doing this show, I would have never heard this album. It just would have, it just would not be something that I would lock in and give a, sh- give a chance to, um, l- unless I'd read an article or something, or so- somehow somebody brought them up, you know, as a band, I just totally wrote them off. I was like this cheesy ass band. I'm I'm not into it. This like emo <laughs> rock bullshit, you know, <laughs> tight jeans, glasses, rock. I'm not into it. <laughs> I want tattooed <laughs> leather, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's, you know, just something that, uh, just wouldn't have gotten into. So I'm glad I did. It's
1: very good up. i wait till you wait, wait till next week's album.
0: Oh, next week's album. Okay. Well, we'll <laughs> hopefully, okay are you gonna surprise me is that what it is oh
1: yeah yeah. you gotta tell me so
0: i can so i can prepare for the segment so (laughs)
1: we're not not gonna reveal (laughs) this we're
0: trying to do a real show here jeff
1: (laughs) i'll call you off off, off see how we prepared
0: and how like you know otherwise if you hadn't told me it was this i'd be like what what's this (laughs) album i don't know
1: what this is (laughs) you mean you just happen to have an album of scritty politi's third album lying around
0: (laughs) actually that i do have <laughs> no, <you don't. laughs> nope. Give me a Scritty second. He has it. a
1: third album. Scritty polity. Scritty pality. one song. With Terrence Shindarby. <laughs> ah, wishing well. Right.
0: Very cool. All right. So um cool. Are we gonna do the uh albums coming out or what are we, are we wrapping you know, up? What's going you on? You know
1: what? There's really not a lot coming out right now because where are people buying? But I w- what I will do. Is I'd like to just kind of give like a shout out to a band that was on um, Who's Your Band. They're a new band called Sons of Silver, and okay. it's made up of uh, members of Pearl Jam and Candlebox. And, you know, besides, they're, they're, they're great guys, but their music is really, really cool. Uh, they have a, an EP out called Doomsday Noises, and they're waiting to release you know, their follow-up. So uh, hopefully that should be coming out soon. Um, everyone's hoping to tour sometime in 2021. 20,
0: uh, aren't, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yes. Uh, this is a band uh, has a new album coming out on the 30th of this month. I think if you like Weezer, you might like the Eels. I don't know if anybody's oh, into I the Eels. Eels? Yeah. I feel like they're kind of a similar kind of. Rock sound or whatever. They're a cool band, very talented. And Public Enemy has about album coming out. Um, I believe. I don't know if that's a reissue. I should probably. No, no, no. that's supposed one. to be that's coming a new out. New album, right? New, it's a new yeah, album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, November eighth. That's coming out. And uh, and then November thirteenth, Johnny Cash uh, with the Royal uh, Philharmonic, which uh, Johnny with a an, a backing orchestra would. Uh, I'm sure, that's pretty amazing. Should so be interesting. Check that out for sure. All right. Good stuff, man. All right, cool man. Well,
1: <laughs> thanks, thanks for uh, letting me. I'll, I'll, out I'll about, play this uh, out with some Pinkerton. I'm yes,
0: gonna... <laughs> good stuff. All right, but uh, that's BB King. Uh, cool man. Well, thanks for joining us, Adam. I figured you know it's like yeah. you probably you knew more the, about uh, Weezer than I did.
2: So I well, didn't... the the amazing thing about Weezer is they managed to stay relevant. I mean, the, I mean, how many uh, 90s bands have faded away and, and Weezer is still going, which, um, you know, mostly it, it seems like they come up with something new every uh, three or four years. I mean, they had their their covers album that came out that really kind of boosted them again. And
0: yeah, I'm going to check that out. That's a they have a yeah. whole it's a whole covers album, oh, a whole, yeah, album. whole yeah. Covers album. Yeah,
1: it's re- great. It's It's great. Um, you know what they do, Adam? They reinvent themselves.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah Yeah. and i i respect that you know and i should respect you guys telling me and talking to me and just you know and that's that's why i want to do this show this show is you know it's also about me discovering music and uh i think that's and then people that are listening in maybe they get to discover music and you know that kind of thing so
2: yeah i mean they're still playing arena shows and um they're uh one of the most recent tours the pixie's open for them
0: oh pixie's open for them
2: yeah ironic
0: yeah (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird yeah i see i think it's the other way around but uh, i'm a pixie purist right. but uh I no, saw I them. Also. this is a funny story so uh my when i first got to new york my father was like okay you can go to any show you want we can go to cats we can go to you know uh, whatever music cbgbs and uh the pixies were playing at the roxy and uh i remember my father was uh, upstairs with the crown and Coke, just looking over the balcony while I was in the mosh pit, just like (laughs) my Southern dad was like, well, I ain't getting down there, boy. And he's just (laughs) shooting crowns back while I'm just mosh into the Doolittle's album. So cool, man. This was a great show. Keep buying vinyl, keep supporting music. Uh, great job today, Jeff. Very good reporting. Thank you, sir. (laughs) The awkwardness—it's what I like. Keeps it fun.
1: I'm a, I'm a lot. I'm wearing the Rivers Cuomo's glasses. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm changing.
0: We gotta got get your studio <laughs> fixed up, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get your studio. Like you gotta get something going on in the background, Jeff. That's time. It it's be keep it fun, different. man.
1: <laughs> Take care,
0: everybody. All right, everybody. Bye, bye. <laughs>